<laughs> I just realized um, two things. We realized this actually earlier this week. You know, we like to um, we like to have fun, um, and normally I'm just sitting over there praying, and I just decided to sit here on the stage and just uh, pray there. Um, it's not five weeks till Easter, so if you're if you're watching this thing that we probably should update each week to say a countdown, uh, it's not five weeks till Easter. Okay, it's it's two more after this one than Easter. Is that three? Is that, that how it works out? And the reason I tell you that is because you don't want to miss um, you don't want to miss Easter. Uh, we are just going to sing to him and about him, and then we're going to look at what makes him so unique. And so if you have like a friend, I mean, on any realm of the spectrum, who doesn't have a home, who doesn't have a community, who maybe doesn't have what you have, I just encourage you to, to really, really invite them. So we got three good weeks, including this week until, until Easter, and we're looking at the final five stories that Jesus shared. So it's, it's the, the last five lessons there are other things he said to the disciples and because and, he's always teaching. But these are the last five parables, the last five metaphors, the last five you know, stories with a lesson that uh, Jesus shared. And, and he shared them kind of with you know, the crowds. And even when they were shared privately, there was always a message to the followers, the people who were followers of God. And there was a message to the people who were unfollowers. Right. So just think... You know, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is. You know, you follow somebody and then they post a bunch of stuff you don't like, so you unfollow them. Well, there are actually people God had showed himself to that were like, hey, we're in. And then they decided to unfollow God because he asked them to do too much, because he demanded too much in their view, because they didn't see the glory, the blessings, the things like that again. They shifted their mind frame to like, oh, he's overbearing instead of like, he's just wonderful. Look what he's given us this land. Look what he's given us this heritage. And it's weird how that can happen in our brains, but it happened, and it happened to the Jewish people. And they, they actually were given this great gift, and then they just kind of unfollowed God. And uh, it's always a warning to me how close we are, you know. And then, then in the crowd, there always could be, would-be followers, and you may be one of those today. I have no idea. I don't know where you're at, but I guarantee you're in one of those three places, which is really cool, because it means the message then applies to you and I, Right? Um, and at the same time, all these five last parables had one topic. If you've been here, you're like, okay, Doug, we get it. But, you know, just be reminded, it's the kingdom of God. So it's, it's like uh, the country of God, the nation of God. So when you look at Israel, the way he said, these are my chosen people, he set up a nation. It wasn't set up to be exclusive. They were just supposed to be the lighthouse. But they were definitely provided for by God, ruled by God, given direction by God. And he'd say, oh, and he was their Lord. Yeah, well, he was in the sense that he said this. I designed the earth and I designed this nation and I designed you. These are the rules that if you live by them, you will be blessed. These are the things that I can reward. This is how I work. If you work with me that way, you will not be hungry. You will not be in need. You will. And he didn't guarantee everybody would be rich or whatever, but he was going to take care of their needs. And mostly, they would be part of the kingdom of God, his nation, his people. And now that Jesus is in heaven, the kingdom of God is this, like, we have our citizenship in heaven. Well, I'm still here on earth. So I'm not there. It's going to happen one day. I'm going to die. I'm going to go there. And everybody else who believes will go there. So my citizenship right now is already cemented. But I'm still kind of in the kingdom of God here on earth. Jesus 
left us in charge. That's the crazy part with his spirit. He said, I am the Lord. And then he went to heaven and he said, what? Get it done. Be me. Be hands and feet and light. In other words, we've been given the same charge or the same message that the Jews were given. Which was what? Be light to the world and save the planet. The last thing I want to do is become an unfollower. Get a little too busy, a little too focused on my stuff or seem that God's onerous. And forget that this is a grand adventure. This is a great opportunity, right? Okay. So followers, unfollowers, could be, would be followers. You ready to dive into this week's parable, the third one? All right, here we go. All right. Jesus is talking to a crowd of people, and this is what he says. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. Catch the word all. So he sent other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared, the bulls, the fat, and cattle have been killed, and everything's ready. Come to the banquet. It's like he's talking to his friends. Imagine if you threw a party, and you're like, dig. Okay? But the guests he invited ignored them, the, the servants, and they went along their way, one to his farm, one to his business. Others actually seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. Okay, it's just a story. Right? Nobody's died you know, yet. The king was furious. And he sent out an army to destroy the murderers and burn down their town. And he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could, good and bad alike. And the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. This is the, all, of, our, most of our ladies are on top of a mountain where it's snowing right now, having a, a ladies retreat. Um, so this is not gonna resonate as well with the guys because we're like, cool, we didn't have to dress up. But for this wedding feast, in this culture, you did. So the king said this, friend, please notice that. Friend, how is it you're here without wedding clothes. But the man had no reply. So the king said to his aides, Blind, bind his hands, feet, throw him into the outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And here, for many are called, but few are chosen. Okay. So every week we're trying to do an at face value, simple Summary of this entire story. Before we dive into who he's talking to and what he says to each crew, what I want to tell you to you is this. The, the guests missed this. They missed this. The ones who did not show up. That God's interruption is God's invitation to us. God's interruption is God's invitation to us. When we say we follow him, when we're part of his kingdom and God says, you're invited, and then we don't, Go. We're missing an invitation to be involved in what God's involved in, an invitation to honor him. Don't miss what he said. The guests that didn't come, what he said is this. His in conclusion was what? 
you are not honorable enough to be in this party. But but the interesting part is this. He invited them twice. He invited them twice. All right, before we get too far, who's he talking to? He's talking to followers because his followers, his disciples are in a crowd. He's talking to unfollowers. And in this case, he's talking to Jewish people, the people, like I've already described, who were given and invited and already had said they were going to follow him, but they had unfollowed him, okay? So in this whole metaphor, in this story, in this parable, the king is God, right? The groom is Jesus. The party, the wedding feast, is the idea of Jesus coming to earth to be wed to his bride, the church, all of those who will follow him. That's the allegory. You've got to get this. It's a word picture, so it's not literal, which is why at the end, when they're chunking somebody into outer darkness, that doesn't normally happen in a wedding, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. These unfollowers were the unfollowers who already knew the king. They already knew him. Okay, then there's that third group, the could-be, would-be followers, right? The good and the bad from everywhere. Now, this is important because God designed Israel to be the light to the world. So they were supposed to save all these other people. And by those people believing, they would have become Jews. But more importantly, they would have what? More importantly, they would have known God. They would have found freedom. They would have discovered their purpose. And they would have walked with him forever. They would have become part of the kingdom of God. But what happened when the Jews and the Jewish culture overall, not everyone, but most, unfollowed God and started doing it their own way, they became a clique. They were the in crowd. You've probably been to these churches, right? We're right. We want to save the lost, but we can't coexist with them. We, they're dirty. And, and then it got so bad that the, the Jewish people were like, just us. So the could be, would be followers are everybody else. They're called Gentiles. They got a name. They're called everybody else. And all of those people, they didn't even believe they had access to God. And some of them had never even heard about God. But they are the good and bad from all the street corners. Okay? So that may be you this morning. I don't know where you're at. You're either a follower or an unfollower. But if you're a could-be, would-be follower, you need to hang on to this message that God started something new when he sent the Messiah and he opened his love and his kingdom back up to everyone. Everyone is good enough. No one is too bad. He wants to have a relationship with you. Okay, so what is his message? In this whole parable, we've already alluded to some of it, but, but what is his message? If you were there and you were a follower, what would you have heard? Um, the Jewish nation blew it because they unfollowed God. We may not want to do that, right? We may not want to see his ways as overbearing. Instead, see them as really a ton of blessing. They would have been reminded that God invited the Jews first, but he's very clear at this point. He's returning it back to the way it was supposed to be, which he invited the Jews first, but it was open to everyone. They would have definitely known this, that God's what? Interruption is an invitation. That if I was a follower in that crowd, I would have put the checkbox on this. I never need to miss this. I never need to be too busy, too concerned about my business, my calendar too full, my wallet too packed up and tight, my talent too restricted 
for me, too proud, to I'm going to do it on my own. I don't ever want to be that. I always want to be able to respond to his interruption. Because when he interrupts me, it's going to be for something good. He's interrupting me. He's inviting me to a wedding feast. He's interrupting me. He's inviting me to do something bigger, something greater. He's interrupting me. He's inviting me to worship him. Do you, do you see it? His interruption is an invitation. Now, his message to the unfollowers is just simple. It's over. If you have unfollowed God, please listen to me. I'm not, I don't want you to feel condemned. There's always a way back. But what I tell you is you need to accept this. If you have like, oh, yeah, we heard about God. Oh, yeah, he's cool. And now you've checked out and you're doing it your way and you've unfollowed God, please listen to me. There comes a time where it's over and you will no longer get the privilege of being interrupted by God. You will no longer get the invitation by God. There is a point where you will have rejected him so many times he is going to say this to you. You are not honorable enough to be at this party. Now, if you're really saved, you're gonna go to heaven either way. But heaven's just the end goal. That's the future kingdom of God. How horrible would it be to be excluded from all the good that God's doing on this planet right now because we click the unfollow button. So the unfollowers, the message to them is this, it's over. I've asked, I've asked, I've asked, you've rejected, I'm going to find new friends. I'm going to find new people, anyone who will respond. I just said a personal, this is something that God's really been pushing at me with. There's some people, even in our church, they're in churches all over, but in our church, who I just long to see them take that next step, to long to see them surrender the calendar, long to see them respond to God's interruption, his invitation, and to do more and engage with him. And they're good people, they're people I love, but they just won't show up for the party. So I've just started inviting other people. Because even when everybody's here, we got about 20 extra chairs at least. And I have no problem buying more chairs. I don't really want to be a part of a big church. I don't know what we'll do because I love the intimacy. I love the connection. And I think God's in that. Maybe plant churches. I have no idea. But we still have capacity. Invitations to be at the party are being rejected. Man, I just don't ever want to be that person. Because there comes a point where it's just too late. So what is his message to the could-be, would-be followers? You're good enough. I invited these people first, but you're good enough. They were supposed to invite you. You're good enough. And you're never too bad. Romans 5.8 says this. It's very simple. It says this. He loved us even while we were yet sinners. In other words, you can never be too bad. If you, if you turn towards God and you ask him to show himself to you, if you turn towards God and you begin believing in him, it does not matter how bad you are. He can handle that. What he wants is somebody who will show up to the party, somebody who will respond to the invitation to live this grand life with him. So if you're a could-be, would-be follower, you have an invitation, but he's going to interrupt your life. There's a huge but in this story when it comes to the could-be, would-be followers, and that huge but 
is this. The king looked at that one guy who showed up without wedding clothes on, and he said, what, friend? How'd you get to the party without the right clothes? There's a whole bunch of scripture that describes a set of people. They haven't unfollowed God. There could be would-be followers, but they're not really followers. They hear this invitation from God to become part of his family, part of his kingdom, to, to be adopted as his children. And they're like, cool. And they show up. And across America and across the world, those people show up at the party we call Sunday morning worship again and again and again. And there are countless, countless prophecies and statements by Jesus that say this. And the end times come, and those people are like, hey. And he's like, no, I didn't know you. And that's what's happening here. The king looks at him and said, you came to the party, but you weren't ready. Okay, you get that this is not about a real wedding feast, right? This is about spirituality, and it's about salvation. These people came to be part of God's kingdom, to become his children, to be forgiven. But this guy did not come ready. So he doesn't have the right clothes on. So what are the right clothes? If you're a could-be, would-be follower, listen to me. I'm going to tell you, there's three articles of clothing, spiritual clothing, that they needed. Number one was this. They needed to repent. They needed to desire to repent. In other words, they had to know the way I'm living my life is not the way God wants me to live my life. It is not love. It is not peace. It is not right. So they, they needed, this guy needed to repent. He needed to be willing to repent to change. Change those clothes. Jesus put it this way. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who know they are sinners and are ready to repent. So if you know that you're not in the right place spiritually, you are ready to change your clothes and get ready for a wedding feast. And the first thing that you do is this. You've got to be willing to change the way you're living, change who you're following, change who you believe in to the king. To God, to Jesus. All right, second thing you gotta do to get the right clothes on, second article of clothing, is that you need to have faith, but very specific faith. Listen, not just like, oh, I believe, because <laughs> that's what the guy did. I, I can go to the party. He showed up. But he didn't take the party seriously enough. He didn't believe that he was a wedding guest, and he didn't put on the right clothes. Right? You get this right now. He didn't have the right clothes on. He didn't get these three things, so he got tossed into outer darkness where there's gnashing of teeth. Clearly, this is not being thrown in the road. This is not the bouncer throwing you outside. It's hell. That, that's the picture. A place separated from God where there's weeping because it's too late versus heaven and the kingdom of God where it's great. So the first thing you need to be able to do is you need to be ready to repent, to change. You have to recognize that you're not in the right place spiritually. The second thing is you have to have this faith, and this is what it says. Paul explains it. If you openly declare Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There are two important things here. This isn't just showing up. This is huge. You believe what? He's Lord and that God raised him from the dead. 
I'm telling you, you need to be here Easter because we're gonna talk about what makes Jesus unique. These are the two things. Jesus claimed and is the Lord of all, meaning he is the master of the kingdom. We don't live in kingdoms and fiefdoms. When you had a Lord over you, they were responsible for your healthcare plan. They're responsible for your food production. They're responsible to make sure you had everything you need. They're responsible to put an armor around you to protect you. We always see in the movies these things, those kingdoms are always bad, but there are great kingdoms, and Jesus' kingdom, the kingdom of God, is awesome. He provides all those things. Don't worry about what you'll wear. I got it. Don't worry about what you'll eat. I got it. Just follow me. Choose me first. I will take care of you. He's made these promises and delivered on them for thousands of years. I'll take care of your anxiety. I'll take care of your emptiness. I'll take care of your pain. Just change. Believe. So you need to believe in him as Lord, the one who's actually in charge. All right, so why do we have? Recognize that I'm in the wrong place to be willing to change, but have a faith not just that he's Lord of the kingdom, but that he rose from the dead. No other religious leader has ever claimed to raise from the dead and no one has, but Jesus has. And that's kind of faith that puts on the right clothes to be at the wedding party. Not some shallow faith that's like, oh, I believe and I got baptized. Got it? Third thing, third article of clothing, right? No, I'm wrong. No, I need to change. Believe in him as Lord and that he raised from the dead. Third article of clothing is obedience. Oh, that sounds bad. I have to obey him. I have to get my ways. Oh, God's oppressive. No, 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 no. This is like when you can't figure out how to use that new toaster and you actually break out the instructions and all of a sudden you can make toast. Obeying his ways is just plugging in to the guy who created us, created the kingdom, created this world. He knows how it's supposed to work. And when you do this, you are blessed. And it is important. You are not saved by your works. But I'm going to tell you this. What you do reflects what you believe. And if you don't line up your choices and your behavior with what you say you believe, you do not have the right clothes on to stay at the wedding. So you get this overall picture now, right? Some were invited, rejected them. By the way, if you're a theologian and you want to know, the first people came were the prophets. So they rejected them. Then he sent more prophets. They killed them. Then he sent his son and he killed him. That's what unfollowers do. Unfollowers want to be in charge and they're not willing to accept what God's doing. But he said it to followers. So the overall picture is this, right? God's interruption is God's invitation, which begs the question will you take the invitation? You know, to me, if I'm a follower, I got a few things maybe that I need to think about. How about this? I need to stay open to him, stay following him, pay attention. Yeah, I got a job. I got kids, right? We all, we've got a life. We've got things to do. How easy is it to become the one who says, too busy? Uh, God, I'll get to that after I do this. Uh, I'll help that person with their tire after this. Oh, Lord, I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll worry about figuring out how to raise my kids spiritually after this. We just got to get to the ball. Oh, God. Oh, calendar, right? Oh, yeah. Father, I, I, I'll, I'll help the needy and the poor. I'll help the church. I'll give to you. But I got to get these bills paid first. Do you see it? Unfollower, unfollower, unfollower. And you said, but wait, we're talking about what he said to the followers. Yeah, we need 
to stay open and stay thinking and stay paying attention to who God is. We need to see where he's working around us. We need to listen for his invitation. We need to be willing to let him interrupt us and stop what we're doing. We all have things that we like. We all have things. Some people like camping, hiking. Some people, crazy, like running these marathon things. A couple of my friends right now, nuts about it, right? Some people like football. Some people like their career. It doesn't matter what it is. All of that has got to be second to God. It cannot get in the way of what he's doing. And if we aren't watching, we may not even see the invitation. We'll just dismiss it as an interruption. So to the, to, to the followers, man, it's that God's interruptions are God's invitations. And I think the thing that I would ask you today is, do you know where he's working? When's the last time he interrupted you? You're like, no, Dan, I'm dead on. I, I, get the, I know exactly what God's doing. Dude, I do too. Like he's, he's shown me where he's working in the church, in the daycare downstairs and in sustainable discipleship. I'm getting ready to go out and lead another conference for a church that wants in the next five years to make 15,000 disciples. It is so overwhelmed, but I know, I know we're supposed to go do all that. And he interrupted me today to remind me. They were singing that song about something bigger, something greater. I pray about something bigger, greater, and I think it's gonna fall in the church. I think it's gonna fall in sustainable discipleship with the daycare. I may have no clue. And if I get too focused on this, I could miss something he wants me to step into. Not away from here or even, but just I might miss it. What, what's the greatest thing that can happen anyway? Is that somebody would change from a could-be, would-be follower to a real follower. Remember when the kids were born, they launched out of there and I didn't want to be there. I, I saw things I didn't want to see. I, I, honestly, I'd rather have had a cigar or, you know, or gum cigar. And, and, but, but, but there was something incredible when this thing, ladies will never understand this, that it was just a basketball. You could feel a kick and stuff. But it was basically just a basketball turned into a human right in front of you. There's nothing to describe that. And when you lead somebody to the Lord and you see them change and you see them find forgiveness and know God to find freedom in their lives, there's nothing like that. And we think big means numbers. What if the thing that God's gonna do big today is just take one could be would be follower in this room and start their life forever? So he interrupted me and said, hey, how about you do what I put in front of you, but you be watching because it may not be what you think. If you're an unfollower, I have, there's just only one way this applies to you. You are not honorable enough for the party. So you gotta figure out how to fix that. And the only way to fix that is to return to him. And that'd be on your knees going like, God, we messed up. Stop killing his servants, man. Burn your calendar. It'd be better to get in the kingdom poor and with no appointments, but to get in. Could be, would be followers. Awesome news for you guys. You're invited. It's not an exclusive club. You don't have to be good enough and you're never bad enough. Be willing to what? Repent. To believe and obey. Believe he is what? Lord, in charge. He'll protect you, guide you. He's in charge of the kingdom. He's got you. 
and obey the rules of the kingdom so that you can thrive there and not find yourself in outer darkness to receive the blessings of God. Follower, do you realize the kingdom's already here? You've been invited to it. Unfollower, are you willing to change? Could be, would be followers. Jesus said two things that we've squished into one slide that I want to read to you this morning. He said this, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That may sound negative, but, but, but it's a positive message, which means if you're born again, you can see and be part of the kingdom of God. The time is fulfilled. What's that mean? Today's the day. There may not be tomorrow. The party might close. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. Jesus ushered it in when, when he was born, as he lived, as he grew. It is here, and it will remain here until he comes back. The kingdom of God is at hand. I hear the message to you. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. To me, I guess if you're a could-be, would-be follower, you're really important to me at this point because I remember this day for me when somebody calmly explained it without beating me up and said, you're good enough. If you realize you're not living the way you should, spiritually speaking, and you're willing to change, and you're beginning to realize that, man, this is promise of this kingdom where everybody's blessed. By the way, history backs it up. Everybody who plays by the rules in God's kingdom ends up awesomely blessed, forgiven, free from shame. And you're willing to play by the rules, the rules that'll bring life. Then you can change from a could be, would be follower today to a I am a follower. And you're gonna begin to hear an entirely different message every time Jesus speaks. He wants to interrupt your world right now because he wants to invite you to the kingdom. This is what I would say if I was ready to go from could be, would be to a follower. You could pray this prayer. It'd go like this. Father, I know I'm not doing everything the way I should and I know that I've done a ton of things that are wrong. I really want a better life and I want to change. I don't want to be could be, would be. I want to be a follower. So I just want to say this to you. I am willing to change. It's kind of beyond me, but I do believe you're God. I do believe that you're Lord. Evidence shows you rose from the grave. I could grow in that, but I, I believe you rose from the grave. And I'm ready to follow. I want to read the instruction manual. Help. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, my greatest wish is that you'll come find me because I want to walk this journey with you and there's a bunch of people who are willing to help. We won't jump in your pie, but I want to celebrate because it's like I said, that that whole birth thing is the most exciting moment in all of life. So we've all been invited to respond today one way or another. What do we do? 
Well, Jamie already told you what to do. Come hang out with us on Wednesdays if you're new or if you just aren't there. Make some space, I promise you, to allow God to interrupt your Wednesday at seven because what happens on the other side of the wall is incredible. When we did that, we started this Experiencing God series, we had all this concern. We had all this concern that how would somebody come in in the middle of a workbook and it work? It does. You'll know exactly what was covered that week. You don't have to do the workbook. And seeing God, the things that God did last week in the lives of people on the other side of that wall at seven o'clock was incredible. And while you, we were there as adults experiencing God in this incredible moment, our kids were doing the same. So that'd be the next thing, right? Wednesday at seven. Figure out where you belong. The same way God invites you to the kingdom of God, I mean, you are so invited to just be here, to be loved unconditionally in a place that's transparent, doesn't play politics, doesn't have hierarchies and is really just trying to worship God and teach the truth. But whatever you do this week, remember this one single thing. Wherever you're at, wherever you go, whoever you are, God's interruption is God's invitation. God bless you guys.